Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Standing on My Soapbox, the daily rant and radio show. We talk about all of the good, bad, and the ugly of current events. Join your host, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. You, our listeners, are invited to call in and stand on our soapbox with us. Call 347-989-0126 between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's 347-989-0126. Now, here are your host and creator, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. Well, welcome, everyone, sitting on my soapbox. It is Wednesday, July 24th, 2019. We appreciate you tuning in all this week. We'll be here today and the next two days, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern Time. I just realized we have to change our opening. We have the wrong time from our last before June I am your host, Scott Fullerton. In just a couple of seconds, I'll have my co-host, actor and writer Craig Hurley, join us. Please give us a call. Let us know what you want to talk about today. There's lots of news going on politically and lots of stuff happening all over the world. Let us know your opinion, 347-989-0126. Again, that's 347-989-0126. Let's go ahead and stand up on my soapbox and start talking. Craig Hurley, how the heck are you? What's going on, dude? Nothing much, man. I've been in front of the TV all day. It's been a big political day uh, on the news, so I've been glued to it. Cause you know, and I have not man. been. I have not been in front of the TV all day. So, but it's, uh, I, I still it's know kind of what's going on. It's interesting stuff. I thought it was very good. Um, I, I liked the way it was going. Um, I think that both sides had some good points to do. I think Mueller surprised a lot of people in both his cadence and his, I don't want to call it falteringness, but he he looked, I don't know the best way to say this, he was competent but looked the worst for wear, if that's the way to say this. I mean, he talked right. a little haltingly. He, he, he looked his age. I mean, the, God bless him, the man's turning 75 years old in a week. Um, right. And I don't know if, I mean, all of his previous experience and everything, we all know him as this young, vital guy. Um, even his, I think his last appearance before Congress was 10 years ago when he was just mid-60s, which is still a young pup. Um, and so I think people might have been a little shocked by his cadence today. Um, I think they might have been a little frustrated. He did say 198 times that he wouldn't be able to talk about the question. Right. Well, that would depend on the question, like what, sides. like what question? Well, that's the thing. I thought he was very fair to both sides. He said he is not going to answer any questions on the origin of the report or the sealed dossier, because that's what the Republicans wanted to go after him on, because that's currently in front of the inspector general of the U.S. They're looking into that. And so he said, I'm not going to answer any questions of that because it's an ongoing investigation. And he also Correct. said, I'm not going to do any opinions outside of my report for uh, about what I thought of the attorney general and, and people involved in it, because I was told in that memo yesterday from or day before yesterday from the attorney general's office, what he can say about the Justice Department. And as he said from the beginning, he wasn't going to talk outside the scope of what was in his written report. Of what was already so, in the report. Correct. Right. So I think he was very fair that way. He wouldn't when Democrats were asking him um, what he thought of Attorney Barr 
doing his summary, he said, I'm not able to talk about that. When no, uh, Republicans opinion. asked about uh, <laughs> what about Peter Strzok and his affair with such and such, he said, I'm not going to talk about yeah, that. It's an opinion. So, I mean, he was fair to both sides, I thought. I thought it was very fair. Right. Frustrating, but fair. It was frustrating. I'm sure to both yeah, sides. You know, that's the thing. Opinions, opinions are not fact. They're just right. beliefs. So, you know, right. until you get your facts down, then, and that's all he's talking about because that's all he put in the report. He's not putting any right. opinions in the report as well. Exactly. And the things he did make points on, uh, made a point of saying, he did say there was no, there was not, not obstruction. As much as the president saying there's no obstruction, he said, I can't say there wasn't obstruction. I can say that I wasn't able to charge him on instruction. So he right. made that clear to everybody. So let that go into yeah, it. He's, he's not. Even though he's a prosecutor, he's still not. That is – that is we've discussed this. That's up to right. Congress to figure out what the punishment actually is for a president that obstructs justice and cheats to get elected. So exactly. That's that's up to Congress um, on that punishment. Exactly. Personal opinion and some opinions of some of the people I'm in the haunted house again. a little bit of the opinions afterwards. But uh my personal opinion and what some people got out of it was that they probably should have flip flopped the hearings whereas they started with um they started first with the obstruction and then went into the um, the uh, con- what's the c word? I'm I'm blank all of a sudden. Contempt. Um, well, no, the uh, the uh, collusion. Collusion it cannot be called collusion. The c word. They started. Uh, they see started, you next Tuesday. I I don't know what right, what exactly. c word you're actually talking no, they, about. No, they started with the obstruction and went to the collusion. When I think it, it would have been better served to start with the collusion first and then go to the obstruction. I think they should have flip flopped the places he was in. But um, other than that, I mean, that's just, that's just semantics and everything. They still got their points, but I think he was more animated in the second part of the collusion than he was in the obstruction part. And that's the one you really need to get across if you're going to do anything with the president. So I thought it was kind of a little bit after, I think he did say, uh, Mueller did give the opinion that um he can still be indicted once he leaves the president. A sitting president cannot be indicted for anything, according Correct. to DOJ statutes. But a Correct. someone that's out after. of office can be. That's whether they're office before really? or after. So I think there's enough evidence where he could be, if he does not get reelected, he could be charged with obstruction of justice. Now, if he gets reelected, I don't know what the statute of limitations are. Uh, maybe six years down the line or eight years down the line might make it impossible for that to happen. But I think charges could be refiled if he loses this election. Whether they will or not, who knows? But I think it's he, mm, he Yeah, it. no. According to the said. according to the stats on the electoral college, they've already won. So um, I, I don't know how we're going to actually get that to change. I, I'm glad we're getting into this because I've been actually reading up a lot on Hitler and his shenanigans. Um, he, they had a great democracy in 1930 in, uh, in, um, in Germany, a great, great democracy. They were 
uh, you know, there was all these rights that people were being given and immigrants' rights and, and all this stuff that was happening that was just all these civil rights, um, not violations, but, but rights that were actually being given to people. Their democracy was exactly that. It was for the people and it was done by the people. He took over and became, he, he, he made their democracy a circus. And he made them all, you know, start uh, looking like clowns. And really, he was the biggest clown of them all and couldn't run a government worth a damn. And there's a whole article on uh, in uh, Newsweek. Um, and I, I tend to feel like Newsweek been around for a minute and, and they're a pretty legitimate source. Uh, they sometimes push really far left. But um, I, I tend to say that they're a, a pretty legitimate source, and they're talking about exactly what I'm talking about right now. Um, right. The, uh, the, the circus that is happening is literally happening right in front of us. We're witnessing it almost on a daily basis. And I, I, I think I said this yesterday, a, a friend of mine, and, and, and this woman's 16 years old. She and just brilliant, and she's like, if you think somebody's a clown, why do you continue to go back to the circus? So, you know, part of that is our responsibility as we, us, all of us. And that's why I don't want to give him as much time, uh, airtime. I think he already gets enough as far as the media is concerned in the United States. And his, his circus is exactly that. And he's making a lot of these people look really foolish. And he's he's making them, you know, spin around in circles when he's like, yeah, send her back, you know, and, and it's just stuff like that where they need to be recognizing him for exactly what he is before something happens like him threatening to blow Afghanistan off the face of the earth, which already right. happened. Right. And we got the president of, of Afghanistan right now going, excuse me, you know, when. All of that over there in Afghanistan is about opioids. It's about heroin, and it's about control of 90% of the world's heroin. It's a lot of money. Right. If our listeners don't understand what you're talking about, Trump said the other day that he could finish the Afghanistan war, but it just happened yeah, to which kill about there. 10 billion people because he blew yeah, it he's up. He's got to kill 10 million. So, he's got to yeah. commit mass gen- genocide in order to do it, and right. he doesn't really feel like doing that. Um, right, exactly. Which is, so which is also yeah. one of Hitler's moves. Uh, you know, it's it's very Hitler. He very did dictator try. Him. Hitler did try it, unfortunately. Hitler did no, and he succeeded. Hitler succeeded. He killed over six million Jews. He he succeeded, right. and he killed a whole bunch of other people too. It's not like he threw them into gas chambers. He was actually fighting them and killing them. There were the French, there were the Spanish, there were the Russians. The Russians were heavily involved in World War II, and then they switched over to our side when Hitler attacked them. But they were all—they were in alliance with Hitler at one point. They were part of the Axis. So I, all you got to do is really look back on history, um, and, and then they turned and became part of the alliance when when Germany, when Hitler turned and attacked them, which spread himself way too thin. He should have never attacked Russia. That was part of his problem. Um, that's part of how he lost. Uh, but uh, our current president has threatened to blow Afghanistan off the face of the planet by killing 10 million people. And the president of Afghanistan is like, excuse me? And then 
the Taliban, the freaking Taliban, dude, was like, that was very irresponsible of you to say. The freaking Taliban. Right. Yeah, when you're getting and chastised like, uh, by the Taliban, you know you're uh, doing something oh, funny. Uh, yeah, there's something up. Yeah, yeah, and we all need to really pay attention to that. And right. and it's and it's things like you and I talking about it and other people. If please call in three four seven nine eight nine zero one two six, and thank you for listening. Um, it's 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 about uh, those people listening and actually taking it into heart and being like, whoa, you know, yeah, I do see this repetitive nature in in what one dictator did as opposed to what this current president is doing. Kids in cages, the immigration policies, uh, ICE, all of that. Even though they were in play before, they have stepped up their game. And they have stepped up all of their raids. They have stepped up all of their deportations. So, uh, you know, it's things like that where we really got to pay attention because it can slip real, real, real fast. And it's and we're you know we're humans we procrastinate like like <laughs> dude I don't know I, we ruin everything when we procrastinate you have to take action and if you don't then whatever it is whatever entity the, the dictator the authoritarian uh, whatever it is that he is um, uh, takes over and we right. really can't no. let that happen because then we have like World War Three and that's going to be nasty. That's going to be friggin' nasty. World War III is just going to be nasty. Nobody's surviving that shit. We already went through this with the Cold War. Nobody would survive anybody being hit by a nuclear warhead because we have nuclear warheads here. So say somebody launches on us, and immediately after launch, we also have the missile defense system where we can try to knock it out of the air. But if immediately after the launch, their launch, we launch. We counterlaunch. Right. And so we're blowing them off the face of the earth at the same time they're blowing us off the face of the earth. No one's surviving that. So it doesn't no, exactly. really accomplish anything. So that's what we're trying to avoid here. And we really need unity on all of this instead of the division that is currently happening. And no doubt, you know, I've said this before and you've said it before and we've all witnessed it before. And even before we were born, there's racism in this country. Um, and it'll always be here as long as people are blaming other people for their own shit, for their for their own mistakes in life, for their own not getting up off their asses and actually going out and living a life and getting the job that they actually deserve as opposed to just some job that somebody else is capable of doing. Obviously, somebody else who isn't even a citizen and can't even speak English is capable of doing it. So what kind of job actually is that? So go up. And get the job that you freaking deserve. If you're that elitist, if you're that, if you're that, uh, uh, not not elitist, if you're that, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you, where you feel like you deserve it, just because your founding fathers were white. You know, go get that job. Then, are you smart enough to do it? You skilled enough? I don't know, but that's up to you. Like I've said before, right. the only competition that any person has for anything is just look in the mirror. It's you. You're the only person that is competition for anything. That's how I've always looked at every job that I've ever went up for as far as an actor is concerned. I am my only competition. And there's people like Matt LeBlanc in the room. You know, you got to be an idiot to not think that he's competition. Of course he's competition. 
But, I, you know, I'm, I'm going, no, the only person I'm competing with right now is me. All I have is, you know, I, I got to do my best job when I'm in there. I got I to gotta show them that I'm it, that I'm the one that they want to pick, that I'm the one that they want as far as whatever role it is. Right. So Exactly. All right. Well, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think both sides are going to claim some victory. I I was watched. I tried to be fair and balanced. I watched little Fox news for a little bit afterwards. I watched the MSNBC, and they're both both claiming victory on it. So it's going to be an interesting (laughs) night of commentary. There's no victory (laughs) in this. uh, We've got a, we've got a president and a cabinet that are messed up. Pure and simple. Right. That's the whole thing. There's no victory. uh, We're nobody. We're all losing here. Right. So we'll see what happens. Well, I think it kind of, uh, I think it ended in a stalemate. So we're in the same, unfortunately, deadlock that we were before. So who knows what's going to happen? Hopefully someone will just jump. I mean, there was a couple people that did say, hey, let's talk about the actual um, Russian interference. And that was talked about right. for, I think there was six hours of testimony, maybe seven hours of testimony. I think it was talked about for 23 minutes. Okay. Um, Well, that's actually a long period of time to talk about one subject, especially if they did cheat and they are currently cheating. Five minutes, things at a time. So basically seven people talked about it out out of 30. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, they each got five minutes to talk. And so only six or seven people brought it up. So maybe less than 35. Um, Anyway, so that's that. I only have one other politics thing to talk about today. Um, the rest I have is pop culture or just news. So let's go uh, go into my other um, political yeah, what today, is which is this. Well, we're not sure what's happening in Puerto Rico. Supposedly, um, we're going to have <laughs> Governor Ricardo Rosello. Yeah, no, he wants to stay reported. and everybody wants him out. He's going to resign. <laughs> so everyone's Mm-mm. saying he's going to resign today. But then no, he's not. Someone from his own cabinet said, uh, well, he's presently in Puerto Rico, and he's not going to resign. So everyone's on nope. resign watch, quote-unquote resign watch, to see what's going to happen. So, um, no, they're going to have to impeach his ass. But, yeah, they did They did write up uh, three articles, I believe, of impeachment against him. Um, yeah. Oh, five, five offenses. They have five offenses nope. um, that constitute grounds for impeachment. So the public affairs secretary said Anthony Masiera issued a statement reacting nice to job. rumors saying he hasn't resigned yet. Nice so, job, for I, Ringo, I Even though I don't, I don't really know. It, it kind of sounded like Spanish that you were <laughs> that you were saying. It's there, close. Dude. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. took I took three uh, years. Nice I know job. how to to use the accent. I just can't pronounce it right or conjugate. <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. But. Uh, but yeah, it looks like it's we're kind of in the middle here. It's, it's, we're hearing both things. The gover- the government looks like it's ready to impeach if he does not resign. So right. and there, then there's reports that he's going to resign, but the reports from his own cabinet that he's not going to resign. So unfortunately, they're on Pacific time. They're on your time, so it's earlier in the day because they said it was going to happen late afternoon. So if anything happens, it'll be after we're off the air, probably in the next hour or two. So, uh, yeah, we'll I like this happens. later time though Either because way. a lot of stuff happens. A lot of stuff happens like right now, so right. you know exactly. it's it's actually good because we're exactly. almost real time as far as the things that are that are coming out. Where our exactly. old time when we were on at one o'clock, it was way too early. There was too much right. shit that was coming out afterwards. 
Yeah, and for me being on Eastern time, all the a lot of this stuff happens on Eastern time. Anyway, it's already all happened. Political it's already, stuff. Yep. So yeah, it's already happened. Yeah, and it's already so, happened. Yep. So we'll see what happens. I think uh, we're we're going to be in resign watch for the next couple hours. If he doesn't resign, I think he's going to get impeached. So either way, the guy's out of there. Just how if he's going to go well, on his own hope. accord or go through his government. Yeah, or they're going to have to forcibly remove him. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to so, see. Because he said we'll he's see not. We'll see what happens. He's that's well. He said that yesterday, but they said it's a little different yep. today. That he's prepared a video statement, and everything. So who knows? Who knows who's telling oh. the truth? We'll see what happens. Okay. I wonder what that video statement that's is. That's the only political thing I really <laughs> had today. Anything politically on your agenda at okay. all? No, because we covered a lot of politics yesterday. So we did um, a lot. Yeah, we, we did like forty the minutes, first twenty minutes on politics today. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I've got go? more Who pop go culture. First? I mean, I Rutger Hauer, you know, Rutger Hauer passed, and um, and I, I'm, I'm just like, dude, that guy was one of the greatest actors, yeah, absolutely one of the, and I never got to meet him. Um, was he really? Just, yeah, just so good, dude. I, you know, people are talking about Blade Runner, but go back and watch like The Hitcher. Go back and watch The Hitcher from that Rutger Hauer and C. Thomas Howell. And you just see Rutger Hauer just absolutely destroying C. Thomas Howell in this as far as acting is concerned. I've never been a big C. Thomas Howell fan. Sorry. Um, but uh, uh, sorry, Mr. Howell. Uh, but, I, <laughs> you know, Rutger Hauer, uh, dude, just amazing and just absolutely amazing. And I have from what I understand, I just assumed since he talks like Arnold, he's a horrible actor too. I don't know. Nice. <laughs> I, I never knew he was a good actor. Nice. Now a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are talking about Blade Runner and and that um, that role, right. and because he was he was definitely iconic, uh, definitely right. put him up, you know, to a certain position as far because sure. look at the people he was acting with in that. That's that's the whole thing is you know Harrison right. Ford and Sean Young and and uh, what's her face uh, uh, Paul Blonde. Can't think of her name right now. Right. Uh, from Splash, what the hell's her name? Daryl Hannah. Yeah, Daryl Hannah. Uh, yeah, no, she was amazing in that too. Every the entire and Michael, cast what, what Blade was the lead guy's name? Michael something, wasn't he? Was uh, well, Harrison Ford was in the original Blade Runner, and I don't know. Yeah, oh. there was somebody else too. There was somebody else, um, and I don't know who it is. Uh, but yeah, all really good cast. Uh, Rutger Hauer. Um, going back to the Hitcher, uh, dude just absolutely stole that movie. Just uh, he's so good in the Hitcher, and he was definitely complimented in in Blade Runner. I mean, dude, just with that entire cast, they they were all amazing, and he was right, right. up there with them. Um, and there were some things. I mean, there's some in Blade Runner. He's he's got lines that he says that everybody's talked about since Blade Runner was. You know, I'm talking about the original Blade Runner. So I'm talking about 1980, whatever the hell. And, uh, right. and dude, you know, there's lines that have come from that that are his, that cult, you know, they're like, they're, it's a cult film. So, I mean, people are, you know, into, the, into him, into the Comic-Cons and all that stuff. Um, but from what I understand, he was actually a really good guy as well. And like I said, I never, you know, got the opportunity to meet him, wish I did. Um, but, uh, he was a really good guy to his family. He currently was living in the Netherlands, um, died in the Netherlands, 
and uh, you know it's a hell of a lot more free uh, right. place than than what we've got going here in the United States. Um, and I, and and they're all very compassionate over there about about the about the environment, about you know our water situation, about what we're actually doing, and 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 supposedly he was that way where that's the way he lived his his life and according to his family and friends. And I I just think that you know yeah he was a really you had a hard time he started his own AIDS charity actually yeah he had his own uh, AIDS and uh, asked his wife to carry that on and uh, I mean he lived a healthy life I mean he lived to seventy five so good on him for that that's for darn sure yep but he was also a knight in the order of the Netherlands so I mean he was very well respected impressive for darn sure yep yeah yep big environmentalist. Like I said, did the AIDS awareness organization. Um, yep. Yeah. Big, good guy. So yeah. we'll be missed, I, I, but I just 75 think, I, years I, old. Yeah, a, I'll, I'll definitely life. miss him. I'll definitely miss him. And, yeah, from what I can tell, he did have a good life. And he gave back, you know, as what he could, you know, as far as, like you just said, starting all those, starting that organization and then also environmentally. He, he gave back. So and right. and really try to, you know, make a I don't know I, I, I hate to use positive and negative uh, you know it's it's more of you know try to give humanity a, some type of quality of life, and he entertained right. at the same time he was very entertaining so he did it on both sides you know and his personal and his business he made it his business to make sure to entertain the hell out of everybody that's what we actors and comedians and people that are in the entertainment business, even you, Scott, you know, you're, you're out here entertaining. That's what we're doing. Um, hopefully, hopefully right. you're entertained by what, by what we're saying. Uh, three, four, seven, nine, eight, nine, zero, one, two, six, so that we could be entertained by what you're saying. Nothing else. We're informing uh, <laughs> them. We may not entertain all the time. Yeah. We're informing them. Yeah. That's it may sure. not be entertainment all the time, but you know, this is, this is what we do. And it's good to see that in his personal life, he, did other things in order to help humanity, not just, right. you know, entertain, make them laugh or make them cry or whatever it is, make them feel. Well, so, yeah, and, be uh, a couple things around centering around our uh, pop culture and death culture. Unfortunately, right now we have Valerie's Harper's sounds like yeah. she's kind of on her last leg there. Um, the doctor yeah. is putting her in hospice and the husband is not for it. Um, yeah. He's just saying he can't do it. Um, I can understand. He said after that. after forty smart. years, uh, you know, yeah. forty years of being married and being a part of her life, he is not going to uh, ditch right. her at the end. You know, he's going to make sure she has the best quality of life that she can while she's dying, which is which is very powerful. It's very powerful. It's for, powerful. For, I mean, you know, I and I totally understand it. But, I mean, I, we had to put Dad in hospice care for his last couple of days, and, and those guys do right. an amazing job. So it's not like she wouldn't be getting yeah. great care, but it's not she, the same she obviously as would be your getting family great taking care. care of you. Right. Correct. It's not the same as yeah. your family taking care of you, though. So I understand no. where he's coming and from. And I'm pretty sure that's her wishes. I, I'm pretty sure that's her wishes uh, as well. Like she probably said, I don't want to go into hospice. And, you know, usually there's a will written out. And, I mean, people are prepared when they know that they're dying. So, you know, usually there's stuff that's already already been done. 
either do not resuscitate or, or, you know, put me on a machine, whatever. Um, so all right. of that stuff I'm sure has already been covered and she, pro- her wishes probably were don't put me in hospice. So. And yeah, he's, like know, said, he's being, he's being the, the soulmate, the mate, the, the partner, the, the husband, you know, he's, he's being the guy that she needed him to be. And for 40 years, right. and so in this part of her life, at the end, he is being the guy, the man that she needs him to be. So I think that's very, it's very honorable for her husband to be. Right. Yeah, that. no, we I'm can't fault him at all. I mean, we talked a couple no. of weeks ago about his GoFundMe campaign so he could do all this because he has taken time off and everything. And I totally understand right. where he's coming from. I mean, we, we're not putting down hospice at all. Um, that's right. a very good choice for a lot of people, uh, but um, I totally understand where he's coming from. But it sounds yeah. like because of this, it sounds like she's not going to be long with us uh, with this debate going on so strongly right now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but we we wish. Yeah, her no, I think it's her best and her I think entire it's family. Her final hours. Yeah, I think right. it's her final hours, especially with what um, uh, we just experienced with uh, Deep Gonzalez down in Mexico, um, you know, they, they pretty much know when it's your final hours, uh, especially right. when you're dealing with these type of diseases and these type of ailments. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, they, they know. And, and he's and saying, you know, when, you can't run away from cancer at this point, unfortunately, no. you can no. hold it off a bit, but you can't run away from you it. Battle it. You got to battle, yeah. right? Exactly. Then the last thing Uh, in our sad in the death news, um, we talked yesterday about um, Luke Perry's son doing a great tribute to him by going on to his poster in Hollywood for his last um, last film role on uh, uh, the Hollywood film. Uh, And And how you think that he is so hot. That, yeah, I thought that his son is. Yes, we do. Okay, I wasn't going to bring that up two days in a row, but then you did. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, anyway, now well, you get hey, me all dude, flushed I, over you here. Know, I'm, 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 literally, I'm literally zero degrees of separation from this guy. I, you know, I, I mean, how old is he? I don't know how old he is. I didn't don't look. Wanna, maybe, he looks like I don't know how old he is either. But he does look like he know. is mid-20s, exactly, so. Yeah. You know, if he's not uh, underage, dude, I'm zero degrees of separation from him. There you go. That's, you. that's my type. That's my, <laughs> uh, we'll in a we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I'm, I'm, I'm blushing over next time here. I talk to, so next high. time I Thank talk to, like, much. Gabrielle Carteris, that's all I got to do. There you go. All <laughs> yeah, right. Let's mention it. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of that, anyway, um, it was so we talked about that yesterday, and I thought it was a very – touching tribute. If you haven't seen the video, there's a nice drone video of it. So look that up. It's on, uh, I think his son's name is Scott, right? Um, and it's on yeah. his son's no, Instagram Jeff. page. Is it Jeff? I'm not yeah. sure. Jeff. I thought it was Scott. Okay. Perry? All right. Anyway, it's, it's on his son's Instagram page. And it's not It's not Jeff Doherty or Jeff uh, um, Perry. It's uh, something about his Jack. wrestling thing. Something about his wrestling thing. Anyway, look. Oh, his his. Oh, yeah, no, his his name in wrestling. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, I, I don't have a clue. Sorry, I, I missed that. Yeah, I don't have a clue. Uh, I, what is his name? But in anyway, wrestling is. what was announced today by uh, 
the Riverdale show, actually it was announced at Comic Con, but went public today. Right. Um, showrunner Richard Aguera Sacasa from Riverdale announced this weekend at Comic Con that Shannon Doherty is going to be back for the season four premiere of Riverdale, and the episode title is In Memoriam. It's going to be a tribute to Luke Perry from the entire right. cast. Right. And Shannon put out a statement. I am deeply honored to pay tribute to Luke on Riverdale. Um, the care in which his show takes and honoring his memory is beautiful. He is missed today, tomorrow, and forever. So I have no idea what kind of character she's going to play, if they're going to incorporate her character for a previous life from him, or if it's just nice. going to be a different character. It has not said how she's going to portray yeah, this character, I've, but it's going I've to be a one-time a of on the open. rumors. I've heard a couple of rumors, rumors, and like I said, I'm I'm zero degrees of separation, so my rumor sources are pretty good, um, and that it's it's more along the lines of they are paying tribute to Luke, but within the confines of Riverdale, and I'm not sure what she plays, and I may be wrong, um, right? Uh, but um, that's what I understood. The, is it's going to be a new yeah, character that, thing. That it's an in-character thing, that they are paying tribute to what Luke's character did on Riverdale as well. Like they're showing right. those moments. Right. So I'm, and so I'm not sure exactly where Shannon plays, you know, or what she plays, or or or, or what she's doing there. I'm assuming it's a character of some kind. Um, right, but, and it's uh, a one-off. It's only going to be for this one episode, and I guess it's only yeah, it's guest starring. Like Aguirre Sacasa, that Luke's been try, that has been lobbying for her to come on the show as an actress for some kind of a role for a long time. Well, so well, this is almost honoring his, wish. his wishes to bring her on for I, this one time I, in, appearance. In twenty-seven and all washed up, um, I kind of, especially the old version. It's it, it's changed because I've rewritten that whole part. Um, I I really bashed Shannon Doherty um, because her treatment towards me was um, not nice, and and so I took the liberty. It's my book to say that she didn't treat me nice, and I was. If you go back and look at the old copy, I was very verbal, and I was um, I called her a couple of names that I probably. You know, at the time, yeah, you know, that's the way I felt, and I got to I gotta own that shit. Um, but right. currently, I have seen, and I'll most likely write this in the new version of 27, uh, of 27 and All Washed Up. Um, I, I, I'll put it in the back end of it. Uh, I'll put it in the shit I forgot section, or the 2012 through 2019 section. So, um, currently... She and I don't know if it was cancer, you know, because she had she still has cancer. Um, and she is in remission from as far as I understand, but uh, you know she's still dealing with the effects of it. And um, I and I was I was really mean back. So and and currently she has shown just not only growth in her acting ability. But her her personal life, she has she's shown so much growth that I, a person who was at odds with her, 
um, and has been at odds with her for easily, you know, 30 years, um, is is saying that she actually is has become a, a, an amazing woman. Actually, um, is what I've seen her growth. And as a person, she's she's become just this like like she doesn't give anybody any shit for anything anymore. And she used Sorry to. I'm hearing a heavy echo. My uh, studio blew up on it. Right. That was that sound. My uh, nice. computer system blew up on me. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. It blew up. Is it, it on it fire? It, it just I got the blue screen of death and that ugly buzzing sound that I cannot get rid of, unfortunately. Excellent. So it, okay, so what did back. what did I what did we miss as far as anything I said, or did it go out there just an echo? If you didn't hear it, then if it wasn't that bad, then if you couldn't hear it, it wasn't that bad. But it was loud okay. to me. But I still well, heard what you I'm, talking. Well, so. Yeah, what I'm what I was saying is about Shannon Doherty's growth as a human. And it's right. something that I've actually witnessed. So I, I, I believe now, like she doesn't, she doesn't give anybody shit. And I know beliefs are just opinions. Um, but uh, I, my, from what I see and, and from what I hear her saying and from her actions, um, uh, she has become uh, uh, the person that, um, that I didn't see before, you know, that she has become something other than, uh, the, the woman that we all knew before. And, and because I, in 27, I was just verifying, uh, the way that she had treated other people and she treated me that same way. And there are other people that are like, yeah, she treated me that way too. And it wasn't nice. And so no, it was you know, pretty well documented, not just a 90210, but in it, Charmed it, it, and her other yeah. series. So in Charmed. It was yeah. documented. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I, I, the way I see her now is just uh, there's, there's an amazing amount of growth. And I'm not sure where it came from, but I'm proud of her for, for growing as a human instead of just staying, you know, whatever that was, you know, whatever that, the hell that was in her 20s and 30s. You know, or even right before that, you know, so, right. you know, I, so you like know, you it's, said, it, 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 it's good to see. Scare, and that changes a lot of people. Yeah. So it's, yeah. uh, it could be, it could I, be I don't know, I don't know if it's necessarily just that. I, I, I think that Probably there's not. been a lot of internal investigation as far as she's concerned, as far as herself. And I think right. she's done a, a lot of introspective work. So, you know, and, and it's obvious. It's it's obvious right now, and especially with her being on on Riverdale, you know, it's like she's paying homage as much as she can to Luke. Right. And I and I and I and from what I understand, when nine hundred two two one zero is going to be released this uh, this next uh, what two it's weeks? Like a month yeah, from now, two, two months. Oh, two yeah, two like weeks. Two weeks. Um, they're doing. Uh, they're you know they're including Luke Perry and on on all of that too. So, um, and they're doing a whole bunch of in memoriam stuff for him on, on 90210 as well. I, I think it's odd. I, I think it's great because it's really hard to get things greenlit, uh, really, really difficult to get something developed in greenlit, um, and, you know, get a show on the air. Uh, and they, but I think it's odd because they're playing like heightened versions of themselves on this new on this new mockumentary on this new 90210 
So if right. they're playing heightened version, like Ian Ziering is playing a heightened version of Ian Ziering. He's not playing right. the character that he played on 90210. So, and it's about trying to get 90210 again, you know, um, put on the air as a show. Right. And, and they could, they could absolutely do all of that. It's, it's just their, they're like grandkids. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're all kind of old now. <laughs> so it would be like they're, they're grandkids. And I'm looking at it myself, too. Because, like, my kid is, is, I mean, I guess you could do, you know, 90210 in college. But then it's not Beverly Hills 90210 because it's about the high school students. So exactly. you need to, you know, get some people that are in high school. And, and that's going to be a little tough because unless all these people are going to play younger than they are. Although my daughter just graduated from high school, so I guess, you know, they could actually just play themselves. Or not themselves, but the characters that they used to play, and then show their kids going to I was going to say, just look at the kids on Riverdale. That's they're all in the mid-20s playing high schoolers, so that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. well, TV. that's always happened. Yeah. Dude, that's always yeah. happened, including with this 90210, the old 90210. And, you know, we had exactly. people on there that were 20, in their 20s, and they were playing 16. So that, exactly. that always happens. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to play a little tribute to uh, Valerie and to Luke and to Rutger. This is uh, my buddy, Michael Mott. He is a composer out in New York City. He's got a new Broadway show, In the Light, that he is shopping around town. And this is his song, Gone, from there. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. you got about 15 minutes to call in at 347-989-0126. your song your style of music though I can't sing it well what the hell guess I'll give it a try and with a sigh it's yours it's yours to keep the benefits you'll reap are slim to none but still this must be done as I tell myself dim the lights and go back to bed blow the candles out and then Drown the music out and sleep until the dawn You said you'd always be my friend But every flame is bound to end I struck the match and you blew it out Now you're gone After an afternoon i 
Standing on my soapbox, guys. You have about 15 minutes left to call in at 347-989-0126. Let us know what's on your mind. We've been talking about a little bit of politics today, a little bit of pop culture. I did miss one piece of politics I want to jump back to because I forgot about it. Um, part of the Trump's rules, all this immigration thing, that they're putting all these new rules out that you and I have talked about the last couple of weeks. One of the things they've talked about is they're ending – for people that adopt, they're ending citizenship for that, So, which is really weird to me. So we, there's actually an LGBT couple, two dads, that are suing the State Department because their daughter, they adopted this daughter. And who has a squeaky door? Um, oh, yeah, no, dude. I, I didn't mean to interrupt the thing. Wait, I didn't mean – because it's a really important story. But, yeah, dude, this is like – That sounds like a small kid crying. Dude, it's like, <laughs> it's the scariest. I could use that sound effect on like a cemetery or some spooky I mean, movie. Some, oh, dude, it's a great, that's great door better than that. most special effects I've heard. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, let me get Anyway, back to I'm it. so sorry. I did not yeah. mean to interrupt right. that story with the creaky door. No problem. This LGBT couple, uh, Derek Mize and Jonathan Gregg, they adopted this girl, Simone. She was born in England in July 2018 via surrogate, obviously. But with this new policy, because only one of them is the biological dad, she is not considered a U.S. citizen. Um, Where it used to be, anyone would be, if you were were a straight couple, you would still be a citizen. Um, But for some reason, it's against LGBT people. Well, not the LGBT. It's anybody uh, for reading this. Uh, anybody, if you are not um, both part of, if, you're, if your person is born outside, if your son or daughter is born outside the country, um, they are not a citizen. You have to apply for that citizenship now instead of being an automatic, which has always been automatic before. So this couple is suing the State Department, so we'll see what happens. Wait, Melania can have an anchor baby, but they can't? Is that what's exactly. going on? Or is it just bringing kids into the country that weren't born yet? And we're talking from England, of all places, too, that this one's from. So so I thought that was interesting, but I'll jump off that because I didn't want to talk too much politics. I just forgot that story. I thought it was important. No, it actually is. is It's a really important story, and and it goes right back to Handmaid's Tale, man. You You need to really watch that show. It's on Hulu. Um, they, they go through a whole bunch of things that happen in the United States. There's all these flashbacks on this show, and it shows how everybody's rights were slowly taken away. And, and then it leads to shit like The Handmaid's Tale. So uh, I'll be know, honest with you, dude. To... I'm not. I don't think I'm going to watch it. It's just I. I'm, I'm not watching it personally because I think it's too depressing. And my news is the real it's news is depressing, depressing enough. 
I think if I had to go to entertainment for more depressing news, I would just have to flip my wrist or something. No, they're just kind of verifying. They're just kind of verifying what could happen. So, you know, know, and it's it's a slippery-ass slope. And it is happening. We've got people questioning now. We've got our government questioning whether or not these children are citizens of the United States. So if they're from someplace else, you know, and that's the beginning of, of what all you know what causes all the rest of the shit so right we need to pay attention to, and we need to talk about them it's it's really important and i do yeah. get you know i don't want to sit there and watch depressing but the thing is it's 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 like we want to see her get out of this we want to see the lead character what's her face moss uh get out of this and she after uh the lead character uh, the actress um after being on mad men um, she t- took her money and optioned the book and then got it licensed. Dude, this is, it's right. got it distributed via Hulu. It's, you know, this is a badass who's on, who's the lead on this. And she's also, um, uh, freaking uh, producer on it. So, and she owns the right. rights to it. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a badass production. So it's really worth watching. And she did it for a reason. She, you know, she did it at this time for a reason. Yeah. No, Elizabeth Moss, Moss. She what's, is her, a, what's her first name? Definitely, and there's a, speaking of great casts too, there is a, a it's an amazing cast. Yvonne Strahovski, I don't know if you yes. ever saw Chuck, but that was like one of my favorite shows forever. And I thought right. she was awesome in that. Alexis Bledel, of course, is from yep. Gilmore Girls. I'm a huge fan of my, and Stan, who we've had on the show, wrote for a couple seasons. I mean, Marissa Tomei, uh, Joseph Fiennes. Who did a guest starring? Yeah, Joseph uh, dude, there's, Fiennes, yeah, I no, mean, Joseph Fiennes, dude, he's fuck. Oh my god, I almost swore. He's so sick. The dude is so good in this, and and he's just so creepy. And we hate him. So yeah, dude. I, no, the <laughs> cast is absolutely, absolutely amazing. Cast is amazing. So and then and it and the way they shoot it is just so spooky, just so scary. You know. It, it, oh. You really got to watch it. No, I, like and I, I said, and I, I get like that. that. You don't want to be and I, I might watch an episode or two to see if I'll get into it, but I, I just think it'll depress the heck out of me. So we'll see. It, it is very depressing, and it's very, like, the torture that, that these women are going through and stuff, it's, like, horrific to watch. And it's like, well, these we've done this to women in the past, you know, and this is the way yeah. it was, actually, in Puritan days in 1600s yep. in the United States. So, you know, I mean, it's very, they're reflective very much of that mirror. And, uh, right. and we've done it to them in the past. And what's to say that we're not going to do it to them in the future? I've said this Dude, over live, and over. I live Women five currently. miles from Amish country. It's happening here kind of little. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it's that far. Like, you no, know, the Amish not, or even or even the Mormons or even the Mormons, they haven't pushed it that far. So, right. you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. But it, it's really close. It's it's really close. It doesn't take much to get there. They fought, you know. All right, we're running out of time. Let's move on. Two hundred years. Two more stories I want to jump on today. One I think is interesting um, about being a stupid business. Uh, Forever Twenty One is a clothing store for uh, little teenage girls and young adults that try to get all little fake bling and everything. They are accused of fat shaming. Because they sent out a 
Atkins Diet Why? Bar with all of their online orders, including plus size <laughs> orders that they do. I mean, can you be much more stupid? No. I can't believe uh, that. Oh, that's an advertising mistake. They got a whole bunch of those bars probably from from you know who, who right. is it? Who's no, the, it's a giveaway. Who, They're try they try to do a yeah. giveaway every other month uh, or so. But is that a giveaway you really want to be a partnership with wow. a diet bar, especially when you have plus size items that you send out? No, like, dude, really? that offends that offends the skinnies. That offends me, dude. <laughs> that that is just rude. That's rude. Why would they do that? that? I mean, oh, that's a marketing how mistake. How can you be that tone deaf in today's society where <laughs> yeah. everything is offensive? Yeah. Um, you're wow. really tone deaf to do that. So. Uh, I thought that was an amazing piece of Isn't Forever Twenty One aren't they they were they're looking at closing stores. They're not they're not doing very well as it is. So this was a really I don't even know. Yeah. Now you got a bunch of people talking shit. Yeah, no, I thought I thought that they're not doing very well. I I thought that they were closing stores over the fads and their deals and everything for young adults and uh, just a really, uh, it's mostly female. I mean, it's just not the market wow. they're going to send diet bars to. Wow. <laughs> I just don't think they read wow. their market at all. So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's just so tone deaf. I don't understand how people can be that silly. Yeah, in this, in this market, that might be a, uh, in the way this world is right now, that might be a fatal blow to Forever 21. Yeah, if they weren't in trouble before, they're going to be now. They're going to yeah, be they're in trouble now. That's, yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they get their little happy butts out of that one. Um, <laughs> but I thought that was an interesting article today. And then finally, I want to finish on an uplifting note, but my computer died again, so i got to pull it up real quick, see if I can get it back up here. There was a nine-year-old boy. He's a nine-year-old autistic boy. And all right, my computer's coming back up now. So let's see if I can find where he's from. He is in, it doesn't say. Anyway, nine-year-old boy, um, autistic boy, wanted, has been bugging his mom, Lindsay. Uh, the kid's name is Christian Larson. Mom's name, Lindsay Larson, been bugging his mom for a while that he wants to have a birthday party with his friends. So his mom is kind of worried. but How autistic, how was, autistic is this guy? Like I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, there's I mean, a video severely that autistic I did not watch. Or, I just read the story, but he's he's he's, he's probably he's severely autistic. autistic. We'll put it that way. Okay. He's on the spectrum. Okay. I don't know where he's at. So okay. anyway, um, his mom sent out invitations to this nine-year-old birthday party, and only got one RSVP, and wow. she's kind of worried. She's kind of seen that that she doesn't have a lot of friends in school and everything for when she drops them off. Right. So she kind of did a Facebook post that she was a little worried about this so a family friend contacted that lives out of town contacted the local football coach that she happened to know his name was dan holtry and this um nampa high school so it's in idaho i guess idaho is where this is from nampa high school in idaho this football coach dan holtry got his team together and the team was all for this and surprised everybody when they they went ahead and had the birthday party there was about six kids that did show up so it's better than the one that RSVP'd six six neighborhood kids and a couple kids like three neighborhood kids three neighborhood kids did show up but all of a sudden the entire football team from this Nampa High School in Idaho showed up and just 
made the whole thing go crazy. I mean, the kids were loving it. They helped them play games. They were part of the of the action on everything. Uh, played with these guys for the entire song and just made this kid's birthday. So I just thought wow. that was a very encouraging, uplifting thing. And good to the coach and football team of Nampa High School in Idaho somewhere. I don't know what part of Idaho. But I thought that yeah, was a great really cool. story I wanted to end on today. Um, but you can look it up. Look it up, and there is a video on it of this high school kids with this uh, nine-year-old boy. And uh, I just thought that was an awesome story. We talk a lot. You worked with um, Burke, of course, from Life Goes On. And I like upgrading stories. He's Down syndrome, not necessarily on the autistic spectrum. But I just love uplifting stories like this. So very, very cool. I've I've also had a lot of autism in in my life. Uh, And, uh, you know, I've been associated with a a bunch of people that have had autism. Um, uh, My neighbor next to my parents' house where I grew up, uh, he was autistic and uh, Patrick. And we just I just talked about him a little while ago because he passed away at the age of 23. So. Um, after having an epileptic seizure in the middle of the night. And uh, um, so, you know, it's, it, it's really, really, really important for the socialization aspects for autism, uh, for people to uh, kind of accept uh, who they are and what they are. And because it's, it's really interesting to see a lot of autistic kids, like they can't lie. You know, they they right. just can't lie. And and so and they also know a lot of stuff there. Most of the time, if you're talking autism, they're they're usually genius level. It's not like they're dumb. So they know an awful lot of things and then have a have a really hard time responding to anyone uh, in, in any way, if they're actually going through a, a moment of, of, you know, when their autism is just smacking them upside the head and, and exactly. they're like, you know, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. They, you know, we've seen actors try to portray it, but I've also seen in, in real life where they can't, you know, they really cannot associate or, or, or explain what they're actually feeling. And, and they're really blunt. When, when they're talking to people and they tend to offend people when they're talking to people. So it's, it's really important you know, only because they're you know, telling the truth and they're in your face. So that's, that's a part of it. You know, it's like, you got to look at yourself and on, on how you're right. responding to said autistic person. Um, All right. But, well, shout uh, out to Christian Lin- and uh, Lindsay. Yeah, no, Larson that's really cool. It's a great story to end on. We're going to, Finish it up today. We'll be back tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Give us a call tomorrow, 347-989-0126. In honor of Christian, we'll play out with Trevor Page's Warrior. Guys, we'll listen tomorrow. Stay tuned. We have the Randy Report coming up next and Astro Kiki Radio in the hour after that. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Peace. Open your eyes and tell me, is this what you believe?
Welcome to the Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the Internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, Mayor Pete Buttigieg did an interview with the country music radio show, but the radio network refused to air the interview. Pop star Ricky Martin has joined hundreds of thousands of Puerto Ricans in protests calling for the resignation of the island territory's governor. Organizers of the upcoming Straight Pride Parade got more cease and desist letters after illegally insinuating major corporations were sponsors. Oscar-winning queer-themed film Moonlight was named the best film of the 2010 decade. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. Blair Garner, whose syndicated country music radio show is heard in nearly 200 cities, was recently contacted by the presidential campaign of Mayor Pete Buttigieg requesting an interview. Garner openly admits he was stunned by the request, considering his radio show isn't political, and most country music fans tend to be on the conservative end of the political spectrum. But the veteran radio host says he was extremely flattered by the approach, saying one of the few truly viable candidates in the race raised his hand and asked for a place at the table. I was willing to give him that seat. Garner shares via social media that his only condition was that the Buttigieg campaign, quote, value and appreciate our listeners and never treat them as pawns. You've got to give it to Mayor Pete. He is not leaving a single vote on the floor. But after recording the 20-minute chat, Garner was told by his bosses at Cumulus Media that he couldn't share the interview on air. The National Radio Hall of Famer said, I was proud of it, but in the end, I was told I couldn't air it. Cumulus issued a statement explaining their decision was based on, quote, the large number of political candidates currently running and the FCC's equal time rule which requires media companies to provide equal airtime to all candidates. Garner says he would gladly welcome other serious candidates as a guest, but nobody else reached out. Garner did ask for and received permission to post the interview on his SoundCloud account. I'll have a link to the chat between Blair Garner and Mayor Pete in the show notes. 
For over a week, protests against Puerto Rican Governor Ricardo Rossello have continued with an estimated 500,000 residents of the U.S. territory coming together to demand Rossello's resignation. The New York Times reports that hundreds of thousands of people swept into the capital of Puerto Rico on Monday, shutting down a major highway and paralyzing much of the city. After years of mounting frustrations due to recession and austerity measures, plus a slow-moving recovery after Hurricane Maria, it appears the island territory was a powder keg waiting to ignite. The news of hundreds of mocking homophobic and sexist text messages between Rossello and his advisors that were leaked last week, appearing as a kind of bro culture, looks to have been the tipping point. Buses full of protesters streamed into San Juan, the territory's capital, as well as planes arriving from the mainland. International pop star Ricky Martin, who is the target of some of the homophobic text messages, has been on the ground in San Juan helping to lead the protests. In a video he posted to Instagram, Martin said he was tired of the cynicism. They put down women, they put down the LGBT community, people with disabilities. It is insane, we are tired, we can't take it anymore. Take a listen. We're tired of the cynicism. They put down women, they put down the LGBT community, people with disabilities. Corruption. It is insane. We are tired. We can't take it anymore. I do live in America, but I have to come to Puerto Rico to let the world know that we will make a change. When Puerto Ricans get together and we do it in orderly, we can make amazing things happen. And that's why we're here today. He's going to listen to us. We just can't take it anymore. Puerto Rico has suffered enough, and it, it's pretty much barbaric what he's doing. We're tired, and we're angry. The leaked messages between Rossello and administration officials included Rossello using the word faggot repeatedly to refer to political rivals. Officials also used other well-known gay slurs I can't use here. Some of the messages targeted Martin himself at one point, as I mentioned earlier. Puerto Rico's chief financial officer, Christian Sobrino, wrote that Ricky Martin is gay because he's sexist. Quote, Nothing says patriarchal oppression like Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin is such a male chauvinist that he has sex with men because women don't measure up. Pure patriarchy. In a separate discussion about San Juan's Mayor Carmen Cruz, the governor wrote, You'd be doing me a big favor when one of his associates said he wanted to shoot up the mayor. Sabrino and other officials have since resigned after the emails were leaked, but Rossello has refused to resign. He says he won't run for re-election next year, and he will step down as the leader of his party, but he will remain in office. Martin has since tweeted in Spanish that Rossello has to resign, and he asks him to do it as an act of true generosity, value, and love for Puerto Rico and give your position to another person with the wisdom and leadership to guide our future as a people. As I reported last week, organizers of the so-called Straight Pride Parade scheduled for August 31st in Boston got all kinds of hurt after receiving a cease and desist letter from streaming giant Netflix, informing them to remove their logo from the organizer's website as a prospective sponsor. 
operating under the name Super Happy Fun America, the organizers included Netflix along with dozens of other major corporations on their website. But the streaming giant pinned a letter saying they were unafraid of bullies and added, Our legal department is here, it's queer, and it's telling you to steer clear. Since then, other major corporations have called the straight pride folks out. Bank of America has reached out, informing Super Happy Fun America to, quote, remove Bank of America's name and logo from all of your organization's print and online materials. Then, travel website TripAdvisor got wind of the homophobes using their logo, and they weren't having it either. TripAdvisor's legal team got sassy, weaving in the titles of several LGBTQ anthem song titles. Here's just a sample. I am writing on behalf of TripAdvisor LLC concerning Super Fun Happy's unauthorized use of TripAdvisor's logo as displayed on your website. I'm coming out and saying this clearly. You are infringing upon TripAdvisor's intellectual property rights. Further, your statement that you are in negotiations with TripAdvisor as a potential sponsor is completely false. To be precise, your use of the TripAdvisor trademark and our beautiful logo infringes TripAdvisor's trademark and trade name rights. TripAdvisor's trademarks are protected in many countries around the world and over the rainbow. We've become a well-known brand for our reviews of hotels, restaurants, experiences, and even the occasional YMCA. But we weren't born this way. We obtained that recognition through significant advertising and promotion since 2000. We have not authorized you to use our name or logo in any way. You need to calm down. You are not sponsored by, associated, or affiliated with TripAdvisor in any way, and thus, your use of our marks could confuse the public as to an affiliation with TripAdvisor. These inaccurate statements, which I trust do not show your true colors, infringe on TripAdvisor's rights under the Lanham Act and impinge upon our freedom to decide with what organizations we want to associate our brand. Have a little respect and remove those statements. TripAdvisor and I will survive without being associated with your event. There's nothing vogue or acceptable about making false claims about others merely to support your own cause. If I could turn back time, I would tell you not to use our name in the first place. You make me feel, mighty real, disappointment that you thought this might be an acceptable way to do business. The travel website also tweeted, TripAdvisor is a proud and inclusive workplace. Our lawyers are definitely the most creative defenders of diversity. The tweet also tagged gay divas whose song titles they used, like Madonna, Lady Gaga, Diana Ross, Cher, Cindy Lauper, and Gloria Gaynor. IndieWire, one of the top sites for Hollywood and movie news, has ranked its top 100 films of the 2010 decade, and queer-themed Moonlight, Academy Award winner in 2017 for Best Picture, topped the list for its, quote, sprawling look at romantic desire and the emotional hardships of the African-American experience folds its fixations into profound, creative tapestry. IndieWire's Eric Cohn writes, Rich with evocative images and tender exchanges, 
the filmmaker's treatment of Terrell Alvin McCraney's play in Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue, displays the rare capacity to make grand statements with small gestures. The movie explores the plight of a young black man across three eras, searching for his place in the world while struggling with his sexual identity under the burdens of class and a broken family. But much of that arc unfolds through sequences that defy the boundaries of a traditional plot. Instead, the story's power comes from the gaps between words and an ongoing battle to find the right ones. It's an astonishing mood piece about the nature of being marginalized on many levels at once, end quote. Three more LGBTQ-themed films made the top 100. Pariah was ranked number 70. Call Me By Your Name was number 18, and Carol landed in the top 10 at number 7. I'll have a link to the full list in the show notes. Newly out rapper Lil Nas X has now tied the record for the most weeks, 16, at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 chart with his smash hit, Old Town Road. The other record holders are Mariah Carey and Boys to Men's One Sweet Day, and Louis Fonsi, Daddy Yankee, and Justin Bieber's smash hit, Despacito. The 20-year-old also scored eight MTV Music Award nominations today, including Song of the Year, Video of the Year, Best Collaboration, Best Hip Hop, Best Direction, Best Editing, Best Art Direction, and Best New Artist. Also in the mix for Moonman Statues is Openly Bisexual Halsey for Artist of the Year and Video for Good. And LGBTQ ally Taylor Swift received 10 nominations, many for her new pride anthem, You Need to Calm Down. The 2019 MTV Video Music Awards will air on MTV on Monday, August 26, at 9 p.m. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. 